uh, just walking through the text again, and we can and we can share it together as a congregation. And so, Rylan, are you ready up there, little man? All right, let's do this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are with us, that you are ever-present with your people, through your Spirit, leading us and caring for us as your sheep. Lord, we thank you for your care. Thank you for taking care of all of our needs. Remind us of this often as we face trouble, as we face hardship and difficulty. Remind us of this when we are in dark valleys. Lord, that you are with us and you care deeply for us. We love you and lead us now, Lord. Help us to hear from you. Hear from your word. Lord, that you would calm our spirits, that you would restore our souls. We love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could have one thing, one, one thing, what would it be that would make you feel satisfied and happy? Just one thing. Anybody want to chime in? One thing that you would like. Renee already told me. She said, pre-COVID anything. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's a pretty good answer at this point. My wife. Yeah, absolutely, Dick. You're not supposed to make us cry from that question. Well, that's so true. Didn't I? What did you say, Sally? Good health. Yeah. yeah if we could have, you guys went far more serious and less materialistic than I uh, had intended. I, I was thinking something on your Amazon wish list. R- Rochelle, what are you thinking? Oh, that's not your, oh, it's George. George, what would you like, buddy? COVID to go away. Everybody give an amen. Yeah, we're with you, Georgie. Um, I was thinking materialism. Good job showing spiritual health, people. The, uh, there are, we live, though, in a world where it seems like we're always missing something. And there is this sort of constant pressure uh, that we are lacking in what we need. Um, we will uh, maybe be in conversation with one another about something that we want, uh, maybe it's a, a new bed, or maybe it's a new bike, or new glasses, and then you'll just be talking about it, and then you'll be scrolling on your Facebook, and suddenly there's a new bed, or there's a new uh, new sunglasses, or there's something else, and it's like, how did they know that? Oh, it's because they're listening, so, uh, you know, just you know, put our tinfoil hats on, right? But uh, there is this continuous 
presentation to us that we are missing something. I, uh, I asked uh, some high school kids this week, uh, or they might have been junior hires rather, I asked them how many advertisements they were exposed to in the, over the course of a day. And uh, their answer was three. And I was like, uh, did you guys play a video game? And they're like, well, yeah. And I was like, well, how many ads were just in your free video game? And, uh, you know, there's like a hundred because that's what video games are now on your cell phone and they're, it's awful. Uh, and so their number quickly fell apart. How many advertisements, on average, is an American citizen exposed to in a single day? The number's disgusting. It's 5,000. 5,000. I don't know how they count it. I don't know if they have a ticker. But just driving down the road or just even seeing, you know, a Nike symbol on a shirt. I, it, just any number of things of saying, you need this or you're missing this. And so we live in a culture of want. We live in a culture that continuously reminds us that there is a hole, there is an emptiness, and there is something that we need to seek to find and, and to fill it. I love how Max Lucado kind of describes our culture and our hearts. He says we live in a prison of want. We live in a prison of want where we're always longing for something new, something that's shiny, something that would make our life a little bit easier. And I'll tell you what, there are times where it's very easy to just sort of get sucked into, I am missing something, and there's something in, out there that will help fulfill whatever it is I'm missing and will just make me a little bit happier. And we've, we've fallen prey to that. We've fallen into that sort of trap and prison of want. I can look, I can look through uh, Amazon just as easy as anyone else, and it's so handy-dandy that there it is, there's just a push of a button. I had, uh, I had something delivered on my doorstep this Sunday morning. I ordered it a while ago, and it just arrived on my doorstep this morning. There is no rest for Amazon workers delivering the wants of the world. And how that has changed, who can remember a day, this is aging my audience, who can remember a day when you didn't work on Sundays? The restaurants weren't open on a Sunday. And I kind of want to say, right along with you, I know you're feeling it, those were the days. I'm getting gray hair in, so I feel like I'm allowed to say that now. Is that like the requisite for uh, saying that? Um, But we live in this sort of prison of want, and the world keeps turning and keeps trying to deliver and bring satisfaction that it can't bring. And so when we, when we start our mornings and we start our days and we say throughout our days that the Lord is our shepherd, well, it's pretty easy to say that the Lord is our shepherd and that he's the one we're seeking, but we need to remind ourselves of what comes next and that we lack nothing in him, that we have no wants. When Jesus is our leader, when Jesus is our Lord, when he's the one who is leading us, we also need to trust and know that Jesus is the one who is feeding us and nurturing us and caring for us. And so the simple truth that needs to be embedded in our hearts and our minds each day is to say that if Jesus is leading me, he's also caring for me. And if he is caring for me, then I know that he is leading me to his nourishment and strength each day. That the wants of the world and the wants that are sort of infiltrating into my mind and heart 
this sort of prison that I fall into, Jesus has paroled me from that prison when I say he's the one who's leading me and caring for me. And so maybe you feel that sort of uh, pressure, that sort of sense of I'm missing something. And maybe in a very real sense we are. That if we have the sense of wants and the sense of we're missing and all of these desires that are being sort of tossed at us, then maybe we need to take a, a step back and say, well, am I really trusting in my shepherd today to lead me and care for me? Or maybe I'm being led by something else. And that's a very, that's a very hard criticism. But it's one that we really need to assess. And my question would be, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, thinking about this is in, in the world of where we can get whatever it is that we want in the moment that we want it. You know, soon, I, I actually read this, maybe it's not true, I don't know, I, it was on Facebook, so it's got to be, uh, that, you know, Amazon's working on getting, uh, getting uh, with uh, the FAA so that they can have drones to deliver packages. Um, I think of the par uh, Parks and Recreation episode where Ron Swanson shoots the drone out of the air with a shotgun. I think there's going to be a lot of that going on, but uh, uh, that's a sidetrack if you're not familiar with it. Uh, but in this world where we can have all of our wants, all of our desires delivered to us, has it helped us and has it been good for us? Has it been good for us that we have entertainment just at our fingertips, that we don't have a moment of boredom. I think about it as a parent. I feel like my job as, my ch as the parent of my children is to stand between them and candy. It's serious. I, it, 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 every moment, is, it seems like I am the barrier between them uh, getting their Sour Patch kids, their suckers, and, and uh, you know, the dots and the raisinets and the you know whatever that it is that the kids are eating these days but uh you know it's like i'm standing between them and candy that i'm standing between them and uh you know if it weren't for wendy and i they would have no teeth and they would weigh 500 pounds because there is nothing standing there'd be nothing impeding them from getting as much candy as possible if it's not good for my kids to have ready access to those sort of things, are there things that maybe we shouldn't be so exposed to and just having all of our wants fulfilled? We see this as parents and caring for our kids. and Well, we need to trust and know that our shepherd is caring for us. And we have this wrestling match where we have wants and we have desires and we wonder, well, is the shepherd really leading and is he really caring for me? And I believe that if the shepherd is caring for me and I, have, and I don't have something that I feel like I want, then I need to trust and know that if the shepherd hasn't given it to me, it's probably not good for me. Just as I shepherd and care for my children and keep what is, try to keep what would bring harm to them away from them, I need to trust and know that if the shepherd is the one who is feeding and caring for me and leading me, that he is going to give me what I need and what, I, what is truly good. And if we're honest, the bulk of our frustration with God is that he doesn't give us what we want when we want it. I have begged and pleaded for a lot of things 
and I've gotten a tenth of what I think, maybe less than that, I don't know, maybe I should keep better track of God. But I've gotten very little of what I begged him for, but I can't, I can't say that he hasn't cared for me and blessed me and provided for me and helped me. Do you identify with that? That we have a shepherd who leads us and cares for us. And if he's leading and caring for you, then we can trust and know that he's going to lead us and, and meet our needs. I love Matthew 6.33. It's in the context of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus tells his disciples and all those that are listening to him in the midst of his sermon, he's telling, but seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Well, what's the all these things? If you remember Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching us not to worry about tomorrow. He, he says in 6.34, don't worry about tomorrow, for each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, what is it that they're worrying about? What will we eat? What will we wear? There's three questions. What will we eat? What will we wear? I'm forgetting. Anyways, I could refer to my Bible. There's an idea there. What will we drink? What will we eat? What will we wear? Thank you, honey. Or was it? Yeah. Did it come from you? Okay, I was just making sure I didn't call Athena honey. All right. The... Uh, uh, anyways, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? And he says, look to creation, look to the birds they're cared for, look to the flowers and look how they're dressed. He says, God loves you and you're his child. He cares for you. This is Jesus reminding us that we have a shepherd who cares for and meets our needs, that he cares about you. And he's saying, if Jesus cares about you, if the Lord cares about you, then that frees you from the prison of want and you can now seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things are taken care of. There is a person in our congregation that I admire with all of my heart and this person would shoot me, but I don't care. I want to gloat over them. I won't say who it is, but they seek first the kingdom of God in their life and they live an example that I truly want to follow. When they received their stimulus check, they saw this extra money and they said, I don't need this, I want to bless my church family. And they gave me $100, $100 12 times or a few times, and they did their own thing on several different occasions, and they said, give this to someone who needs it. And I said, well, I don't mind if I do. Uh, the Etna Green, uh, no. I hope you know I have way more integrity than that. And uh, it was just such a privilege to be able to bless and help people. And say, here, I, someone wants you to know that you're loved and God loves you and he cares about you. And this is from your church family to help you and bless you. That's seeking first the kingdom of God. And that's knowing that God will take care of everything else. When I got my stimulus check, this is what happened. Oh, Warsaw Orthodontics bill, thank you. Here you go. And the orthodontist got the stimulus check, and that's okay. It was a blessing, and it took care of that problem. And it's not feeling bad about taking care of your bills, but it's inspiring us and reminding us that when we live outside of the wants of the world, we can trust and know that God is caring for us, and we can live a life of blessing out of it. 
you can live that life of blessing in the kingdom of God when we seek first the kingdom, when we seek first our king and his righteousness, the wants of the world and the prison of want, we no longer are held captive by that. And we can trust and know that a shepherd is caring for each of us and meeting our needs. And that person is an inspiration to me. And I'm grateful that they are a part of our church family to bless and love and care for others. And what God would want us to know is that when we are shepherded by him, we have what we need in him. We have, um, we have Jesus over and over again sort of giving us pictures of him and his love and what he provides for us. We think about the woman at the well and he, he's talking to her and, and he asks her for a drink and she's like, well, who are you and why are you asking me for a drink? And he says, if you knew who was asking you, you would know that I can give you living water. And Jesus, he personalizes the kingdom of saying that when we have life in the kingdom of God, we have our needs met and cared for. That the thirst we have, that she would thirst no more because she has spiritual life in the kingdom of God that she's blessed and she's cared for. I feel like uh, at times that the Christian sort of world that we have lived in has been beat up and like we've been a pinata for a while at least for the last couple of months, it seems like in the scattering of community and the isolation of what has happened, the shepherd is trying to bring us back and remind us that we are a community of the kingdom of God. And that when we belong to this community, we belong to a people who are loving one another and caring for each other. Where one person who is blessed can be a blessing to others. And care for and meet the needs of the flock. We are not, you are not alone. There is a shepherd who knows you and loves you and is leading you and caring for you. Do you believe that to be true today? That when you have the shepherd who is Jesus our Lord and our King, he's caring for you and he's meeting your needs. And maybe you're sitting there and you're feeling like, I'm not so sure about that this morning. Well, tell your shepherd about it. Let him know that you're hurting. Let him know your heart and see how he restores your soul. I, I very much love the little moment where David says that he leads us to green pastures, lied, lying down in green pastures. And I've read that and didn't pay much attention to it. And then I started paying a little more attention. If a sheep is hungry, what is a sheep doing in green pastures? If, a, if you're hungry and you're a sheep, Ellie, and you're in a green pasture, what are you doing? You're eating, right? Go ahead. Go along with it, Ellie. Thanks. She's mad at me. She won't talk to me the rest of the week. But if a sheep is hungry, it's going to be eating in a green pasture. If it's lying down, it is fulfilled and it's satisfied. When the Lord leads us, the Lord leads us to contentment and satisfaction. And the prison of want and this thing that we're missing, suddenly we realize we have everything we need in the Lord. 
We look at the world and the prison of want. We look at the world that's in this great big hurry to meet all of the desires and all of the wants, and there's no day of rest. And so I just want to come back to a sort of ancient principle, something that God gave his people and something that God is giving each of us. It's Sabbath. When God led his people out of Israel, when he cared for them and he took them and he, and he gives them the Ten Commandments, what is the commandment that, had, that needed the most explanation? Do not steal, do not covet. There's a couple other. <laughs> the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath. He has to go on and on about how we keep the Sabbath, and I think it's because we're really bad at resting. We're really bad at trusting that each moment is cared for by our shepherd, our Lord, our King. And so he takes more time explaining that one commandment than all of the other commandments because he wants to give his people a gift, and it's the gift of rest. And so your application this week is to rest. And I know that it's hard, and I just say, give yourself rest from something. Maybe you can't give it yourself, and it's hard for you, but maybe you can give yourself rest from social media. Maybe you can give yourself rest from Amazon. Maybe you can give yourself rest from work and feeling like you have to get things done. Me, I like to be the fun dad. I like to come up with adventures. And... Every once in a while, I feel like, okay, our family just needs to go on an adventure on Sunday. Well, I told you one story about going to Saugatuck and getting a flat tire, and that was just painful. It was not restful. Last week, we were like, okay, let's go for a bike ride. I got this new bike rack thing. We're going to take the kids for a bike ride on Sunday afternoon. So we go down to Rochester. We pull into the Dairy Queen. I'm feeling extra loving to my children, so we all get dessert. We're going to enjoy God and his creation and a Butterfinger Blizzard. And so then we, are, we pull into the, uh, they didn't have indoor seating, so we just pulled into the Rochester Hospital. It's right next to it. And as I am pulling into the parking space, my van dies. I'm like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? And it won't turn over, and it's like, oh, good grief. Here's another Sunday where I'm trying to do too much. I should have just sat and watched the lions disappoint me again. <laughs> and it was just this reminder. And so I called two church members, and they both came to our rescue, and they helped us. Uh, Tim Barber was right there in town, and uh, and Mike Walter came, and we got a new battery installed, and everything was fine. And it was a teaching moment to remind my kids that there's church family that cares for you. And, uh, but I'm tired I'm, of trying to just make things happen. There's been a sort of hamster wheel that's been put in front of me, and the pressure of just feeling like I have to figure things out that I've never figured out before things that are beyond my control, beyond my abilities? Who's felt stretched in new ways than they've ever felt before? 
You've had to figure out how to redo everything it is about your life and your work and your family and where you go and how you get groceries and all of this stuff. And God's saying, I am still your shepherd. I am still caring for you. And you have everything you need in me. And so I just want to invite you to remember that. That you can rest that you can know that when the shepherd leads you, he's also feeding you and caring for you. And when he is leading and caring for you, it frees you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these other things, what you will eat, how you'll get your food and get your groceries and how you do all those things, what you will drink, and what you will wear. God will care for you. And so if you believe that today, wonderful. I want to invite you to rest. Rest in the shepherd's arms. Lie down in green pastures. Deeply satisfied. Sincerely happy that the Lord is your shepherd and you lack nothing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you. And thank you for the gift of rest. Your son, your son calls us to him and he says, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And so we want to take up Jesus on that promise today. Lord, that we are weary and we are just frazzled from everything going on in our life and our walk and our families. And so we thank you, God, that you are drawing us to you and your son, Jesus Christ, that you came and you sought us and you saved us and you give us life in your kingdom. And so, Lord, we repent from our distractions. We repent from the things that have just drawn us away from you and trusting in you. And God, we want to display that trust in you by, by resting today, by restoring and renewing the Sabbath in our life, by taking time to be with you. And we love you, and we thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our King. And God, help us to know that you're with us, and you're leading us, caring for our souls. Restore us to you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to our time of communion, uh, we weren't able to get the cup things, uh, so how we'll do it is there's some in the back, and there's some up here. If you uh, when and you'll just come up when you're ready. I'll have a devotional thought and a prayer, and, and Wendy will um, uh, play for us while you will just come through, grab, take it, reflect, and then there's trash, and then just keep the train moving that way, okay? Uh, and then if you're back there, just try not to, it's messed up because that back pew is pushed way back, so just do your best to, you know, not bump into each other too much, so. Nothing I can do about back there, but if you come forward through here and just wrap around, should work decently well. Uh, I was reflecting on contentment, and there was um, there's a passage of scripture that we often refer to. Um, it gets it gets stated after um, after football games or after a, an athletic event. Uh, because people achieve great athletic prowess, and they say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And uh, if you do that and you're an athlete, um, I don't like you. 
because that's not that's not the point of the passage uh, at all. Um, what we have what we have is Paul thanking people for the gift that he's that they have given him. It says in Philippians four ten, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you re- renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. We have a long ways to go. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation. And I want to I know that secret too. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or being in the prison of want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can have what I need because the shepherd is leading me. Friends, the strength of Christ is remembered at communion. Christ giving his life and laying it down for each of us. When we take of the bread and the cup, we are remembering that he has met every need. He has met every need. And he's calling you home. He's calling you to strength and trust and hope. And it's all in him. I pray that we'd all learn the secret to true life and true strength and true comfort. The strength that comes from having a life in Christ and him being your shepherd. So we'll pray and then when you are ready, you're welcome to come and and take communion as has been prepared for you. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. Comfort us.